February 9th, 1964, on America's Ann Sullivan Show, it all began with these five words. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! And the British invasion was underway. Welcome aboard a magical mystery ride. It's time for a Radio Wilder music special with Harry. The British Invasion, featuring the music of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Happy 4th of July, Wilder Ones. This is going to be a program that the 4th is in the middle of the week. We're going to open this up and get people for five days starting on the 29th. But it is going to be our July 4th special. Hopefully people are going to be off during the week, a couple days here, a couple days there. So we figure we want to do something special, something a little more ambitious and see how it goes over. And we'll give everybody an opportunity. To, you like it, you don't like it. Uh, other, uh, otherwise, we won't know exactly how well. Of course, you'll see by the downloads in the shows, but holidays kind of mix it up. But uh, then we will return on Friday the 6th with its own separate show. This will run through up until, through the 5th, up until the afternoon of July 6th. So with all that big buildup, uh, what we want to do today is... Looking back at, in most of our lives uh, that play music and still resonating today, uh, we're going to look at what we call the British Big Boys, the Beatles and the Stones, and we're going to do their top 10 sellers. We're going to alternate them, and we're going to start with the number 10 seller for each and work our, our way down to the number one seller for each. Don't have the specific amounts of what exactly they sold because they're really all over the board now that you have downloads and different. But what I will say is the Beatles either wrote, co-wrote, covered, took care of over 230 songs in their nine years. We're not talking about McCartney or George Harrison by himself or Ringo by himself or, ta- or John Lennon by himself. We're just talking about songs that the Beatles and the Rolling Stones did. And and basically, the Beatles had early start. They played in 1961. They released some records, which we'll talk about, about as early as 62. Started to hit it around 63, the Rolling Stones, a year or two later, even though they were all playing over there. And so uh, I just thought they started it for everybody. And... You've it was it was kind of like the the blues did in the fifties to all the British guys. We had our own individual groups. We had Elvis, of course, and we had the the uh, uh, the some of the blues guys. But we also had Buddy Holly and Jerry Lee Lewis and Chris Montez, Richie Valens, Big Bopper, all those people in the fifties. But and then you had the girls, you had Leslie Gore, you had Connie Francis, and you had the Four Seasons. We're talking about as youngsters, those of us that were in music and those of us that were not, when the British invasion hit, it took over everybody's life. I cannot, if you didn't live it, I cannot possibly take it back because there's really nothing to compare. First of all, there weren't hundreds and hundreds of 
cable channels, radio outlets, uh, the ability in places to go. There weren't any podcasts like we're doing, any of that stuff. So you were pretty much limited in your town to your FM and AM outlets, whatever they played. You, there were some TV shows. You had Dick Clark. You had, you had a, a few of the, uh, you know, the other ones. But when the British invasion hit, it became all radio for all stations. Let's say end of 63, early 64, it was breaking one British invasion song after another, not just the Beatles and the Stones. The Beatles let it off. We're going to look at down the road another show that features other British invasion bands. But if there were 40 of them, and I'm making that number up, you were getting a song, because once they saw the America's appetite for their music, songs were being poured out left and right, and it would not be surprising to be driving home in the afternoon and listening to a drive-time show, let's say 3 to 7, to hear two or three songs every single hour that were brand new for a couple of years until some of the people caught up. And even then, they really poured it on, certainly for a six, seven, eight-year period, the British invasion ruled and then spawned other groups after, or people from the British invasion opened, uh, started new bands, different kinds of bands with legacy so the rolling i saw an interview the other day of the rolling stones and jagger said that they they didn't write but they'd played or had sets or done sets with over 500 songs so between the two of them there's plenty for you to listen to so i'm i put some stickies together but really uh it's it's not our show's not going to have uh, request today because it's going to be a little longer than usual. It is going to have our deuces are wilder, and of course we we can't skip the Enquirer, the gift shop of the Enquirer, because I know both the Beatles and Stones would have liked to buy some product out of there. I searched around in the store, and the only thing I did I wanted something to do with music, and I did find something. Uh, it isn't the Beatles, but there's some tie-in. They were friends with this particular uh, artist, and certainly he resonated a lot. So that's about what we're going to do. And and if you like this, if you like what we did, if if you like this type of occasionally do something, I'm not going to break the regular format. People like it too much. We grow every week. Why goof around with that? Because it's the 70 years of rock, not 10 years of rock, or an eight-year period like this, or nine-year period, whatever it comprises of. So we're not going to do that. But occasionally, I'd like to do something that is a little different. And I've been thinking about this and talking about this for a couple of months. Because while I played and was playing music at that time, my band played some several Rolling Stones, a couple of the Beatles songs, but not the vocal, the hard vocal stuff. We did Yellow Submarine and Why Don't We Do It in the Road and a few other things like that. And way more of the Stones songs, the Painted Blacks, et cetera, et cetera. We did in other, of course, British Invasion. The Beatles were different just because of their vocals, if you think about it. And as you listen to the tunes, what you'll hear and see is the Beatles were four people doing doing harmony, four vocalists, while the Stones had Mick, and certainly they did some backup, but there's quite a bit of difference now. As the Stones went on, of course, they went on a much longer career than the Beatles. The Beatles were basically over in 1970 as a group. 
So the Stones went on and had and added great backup singers. They added horn players. They added organ. They added all kinds of things. But the Beatles pretty much stayed the same on their live band performances that they did. But even then, you can hear them start to grow in confidence of what they attempted to do and wanted to do. So these little tidbits I'm going to give you, I'm not going to get away I don't want to get in the way of the songs. And I couldn't figure out how to do this exactly because there's way too much. Uh, I've talked about too many stickies for individual artists. Well, there's no way you can cover these. So what I tried to do, I thought, let's just bring in for people that don't know or to remember all of us that do know how they began and how they actually started. So it'll be their early stuff till they took a foothold in America and then let the music take over from there. Uh, any, basically, on the website, what we've done is put a couple videos up. So those of you that don't download on iTunes and want to look at the website, we have that and we have plenty of pictures for you to look at. And if I'd appreciate if you had a comment... You can go to info at radiowilder.com, do a comment, how you liked it, didn't like it, or you don't have to say, just you want more, let us know, and that's the best way we can tell how this is going to go. So let's get started, take a little bit of music, start a little music, and I'll kind of stick these in as they come along. It basically took the Beatles about six weeks to go from completely unknown to the biggest pop star in America. And by the time we finished 1963, nobody in America had even heard in the Beatles. And that's how that goes. So we'll fill in a few facts. But let's get this baby started. And uh, again, we'll start it off the beat. And what we're going to do is alternate the songs. So we're going to do, we're going to let the Beatles lead it off. This song was their 10th best seller. Let's start it off with Get Back. Rosetta. Sweet Loretta fat, she thought she was a cleaner, Sweet but Rosetta. she was a frying pan. The picker. Picture the fingers, great. Okay. Sweet Lou 
because we were going through the the uh, 60s, if you will. And so they loved the strangest of the stones, the shaggy abandoned, the, the surly step on the Beatles, so to speak. Because when they first came out, it was almost like a duel, even though they actually were friends, got to be friends with each other. The Stones', the stones image was basically created by Andrew Luke Oldham, making them the bad guys, looking like the bad guys. And the Beatles, on the other hand, was changed and cultivated by Brian Epstein to make them almost look like preppies, prepsters. So when you looked at the two, they uh, there, there was a difference there that was somewhat uh, arranged. And the Beatles, uh, or the Stones, what, what they did was, as America broke into the 60s, they were so contrary to the American conformity that it was kind of, uh, it was a big thrill. And, and again, mentioning the studios and what they had over here, they re- really loved them. So we've heard of Beatles, and uh, so I think it's time to let the, Stone, the Stones take it off. And their number 10 song that they did, number 10 seller, remember these are, is Ruby Tuesday. She would never say where she came from Yesterday don't matter if it's gone While the sun is bright Or in the darkest night No one knows She comes and goes Change with every new day Still I'm gonna 
question why she needs to be so free. She'll tell you it's the only way to be. She just can't be chained to a life where nothing's gained and nothing's lost. At such a cost. There's no time to lose, I heard her say. Catch your dreams before they slip away. Dying all the time. Lose your dreams and you will lose your mind. In life unkind different than any of the regular shows because you feel like you have to identify because we have such diversity on the program with 70 years stuff yesterday tomorrow 65 years ago 1928 you have to you feel like or i feel like i want to share a little information with you either titles or who did it or some facts about the particular groups or vocalists, but these songs are all well are all known to everybody. It's almost embarrassing to say what the name is and how it is. So I'll do the best we can. But the music is going. I mean, I feel like just listening to the music myself. So maybe I'll let let a, a couple go. Uh, but some of these facts are are interesting. Like at the end of '62, for those of us, we didn't realize that the Beatles had released a, a couple of singles, Love Me Do, Please Please Me, and over in the UK, each one was getting bigger and bigger, and there were whispers of the mass hysteria over there in the north of England, and the uh, Please Please Me moved into the number one position on the UK charts, and from that moment in 62, it was a spot that a succession of Beatle albums would hold for one year straight. Still not heard of in America, still nothing big. This is, remember, this is the end of 1962. There would be, it'd be well over a year for the Beatles even got to America, even did anything. So the number nine for the Beatles, the number nine, number nine, number nine, some of you know what that is, is the Magical Mystery Tour. 
So, Beatles, let's take us on the Magical Mystery Tour, because that's how your whole career was for most of us. What are some of the towns that impressed you the most um, through the States, Brian? New York and Los Angeles are about the only ones impressed, actually. And they did impress us very much. We like them. Uh, I think Chicago's all right. And uh, there's a little place in Texas called San Antonio, which we had a good time in. I, I like the States, but uh, with reservation. You're listening to the Radio Wilder British Invasion Special with Harry's Best of the Best from the Beatles and Rolling Stones. The Stones recorded 
uh, in at Chess Studios, the famous Chess Studio in Chicago, which was like a pilgrimage to the rhythm and blues the black dudes put out. They also did RCA out in Los Angeles and had the uh, had a chance to work with a really great sound engineer, Ron Mallow, and all. And this was recommended by Phil Spector. So the places looked awesome. They were fancy. They were movie star like Jack. Nitschke helped out, who's very famous, just look him up sometime. Now, they talked about the egg box, kind of an echo of London's Regent Studio. It's very primitive. Part of the Rolling Stones songs, I liked that particular sound in some of them, and you can hear the real echoey thing that comes up as we go further down the road. So this is getting very hard to go song to song to lay some stuff out, so I'm going to get to the point where I'm just going to let a couple play and then say something, but some of this stuff is fairly important. Now, this next song, Emotional Rescue, is either the latest or one of the latest on this list in I believe they did it in 1980 as one of their best sellers so it's not as relevant in the the 60s that we're talking about most of the rest of both these songs are but the Stones of course since they played longer had stuff that came out in the 70s, 80s, even 90s but I'm just going to keep talking about how they got there so it will make a little bit of sense so let's go let's have some more music Don't you? 
on the sax you can hear they you can hear that that's later obviously they didn't do that in the 60s so a fair amount of this because the Beatles did lead everybody over here and they were the champions until they quit playing so some of this stuff is going to probably relate to them and a little bit more I can almost tell you verbatim without reading all the stickies but as they as they built up their following in England the begin to have the screaming girls and the frenzied chase scenes it was like a carnival spreading town to town and they in in august of 63 they recorded their biggest song ever she or their biggest one at the time she loves you which became the all-time biggest hit ever by a uk pop act and uh it, it they they still hadn't been there hadn't been much attention in the papers or doing anything else about them but there was a few sniffs here and there they made the headlines in a british paper because at a at a birthday party for paul john socked somebody and the paper came out with a headline uh the beetle in a brawl john i'm sorry i socked you so uh, that is still, again, building up and building up. And when we get to the final of their buildup, if you want to have a final of these notes, it is pretty huge. So that's making a little bit more sense to me how we do that. Not uh, putting the stones in a second glass, but when I made the decision to do this early on, the, the stones were a second banana behind the Beatles for the 60s. They begin to grow, and of course, then they took command uh, in in the 70s, however that went. So, okay, we did the Stonies. So let's go back to our one. I love this song. It came out, and that was one of the ones that came out in 62, early 63. 
and we'll let the Beatles do this. I don't need to announce every song. Most of you know, and you'll hear it.
this really is different. I don't want to just stop every single song. I'm so used to four and three. So what I think I'm going to do is I'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, I know most of this information. So basically, the Beatles were starting to blow up a little bit in England. You know, I just mentioned the newspaper article. Well, then they did a show, a Saturday, a Sunday night show on a variety show, and it was the biggest one in London and what in England actually. And it was a TV show. And what happened was that there were so many people that wanted to go to see it that uh, they it caused a frenzy. So it's, it was called the Val Parnell's Sunday night at the Palladium. And so they, there were probably, the show was probably at six, seven o'clock at night and there were thousands of people clogging the streets to go see the Beatles. In fact, they got in fights with the police. So they began to really get noticed then. And then the final coup de grace. Meanwhile, uh, I should not forget this part because this guy's a donkey, Dave Dexter. You're not listening, and I, I don't think, Dave, but if any of your family are, what bad taste he had and still kept his job. But nonetheless, they weren't used to the the people that, the, the guys, the A&R, what they call artists and and uh, actors and recording artists, the A&R people. Uh, they kept sending him songs from the Beatles, and he just turned them down, no good, used terms like dead in the water. And so they just couldn't get anything. So Brian Epstein came over to America, and what had happened was Ed Sullivan, he had a little peek kind of accidentally about the, at the Beatles or, or around the Beatles because he was at the London, he was at Heathrow, the airport, and the Beatles came back from Sweden, and the crowd was rioting there and yelling and screaming, and he didn't know anything about it, and he thought it was for the Royals, and somebody said something about the Beatles. He said, who the hell are the Beatles? But he, he remembered that kind of in his brain. So when Brian Epstein came over to New York to try to get, he actually was representing somebody we just had on a show that uh, we did, that did the song Little Children. He represented him and the Beatles, but he kept trying to get the Beatles and get him a spot, get him anything. So finally, he, uh, uh, he, got a, he, he got a hold of Ed Sullivan's PR guy, and Ed Sullivan had remembered that thing of the Beatles. And then the thing that happened in between both of these, there was a, another a giant variety show that they had in England uh, once, I think it was once a month. And you only got to play in it if the Queen invited you, and they invited the Beatles, and they made a big impression on them. They were clapping their hands, even though one story says uh, the Queen was uh, clapping off beat, and Princess Margaret was clicking her hands on, on, on the beat. But they said they were young, fresh, and that did it for Ed Sullivan. So what Ed did was he negotiated a deal where the Beatles, he could, he, the Beatles would come on a show, and they would do three shows, two of them live, Feb 9th and Feb 16th of 1964, and tape the third one for for later on. So they, he paid them. He was tight with his money, but he had paid for the same threesome from Elvis Presley fifty thousand years before, eight, seven, eight years before. Uh, but he only paid the Beatles 10000 for these three. But Brian Epstein knew and felt that I have to do it because this, is gonna, this, this show will launch my group, and so I'm going to do it. So they had signed the deal at the end of 1963. 
So we're going to move again forward. We're going to do a, a Beatles tune now, and I'll do one more, and then we're just going to listen to some music because I don't want to just keep lecturing you about what happened. The point is we're building to this, and once the Beatles come over and we show you how that worked, we're just going to kind of let it roll from there. So what I need is we just did get off my cloud, and I need a little help with what I'm trying to do to put this show together because it is a little difference. Love the music, though. I need somebody Help Not just anybody Help You know I need someone Help When, when I was younger when So I much younger, younger than today I never, I never needed anybody's help in any way now, But now these days are gone days I'm gone. not so self-assured Now I find a change my mind I'll open up the doors say that because when you heard them on the radio and the song would go off oh you just wanted some more but guess what you might have billy billy j kramer you might have the hollies you may have the animals who knows who you might have following it right up so to kind of tie in and give the stones their due the beatles finally came to america it was built up big even people who were really tired and and let's not forget the assassination really tortured this country really put people in a very somber state when that happened in november of 63 so newspapers and even on television walter cronkite mentioned them chet huntley who was an nbc or was negative about him the beatles coming over and we still didn't know you know we get a song or two but then on feb 9th it was a date that everybody remembered that in my world grew up with you all knew it was almost like the assassination, except on a positive note, you all knew where you were the night that the Beatles finally did come on Ed Sullivan. And 
what happened was the Ed Sullivan was the second highest rated show on Sunday night. 21 million viewers. Remember, you didn't have cable. You didn't have all these other outlets for people to watch or listen. And either on, as we mentioned, no matter what, your outlets were few and far between. They were networks, whether they were radio or television. So they, when they came on, Ed was drawing about 21 and a half million. And the number one show at that time was a show called the Beverly Hillbillies. And it drew 35. It was the giant. The Beatles came on and smashed all records. They drew 73 million, which there were 180 million in the United States. They basically drew over 40% of every human, not every television set, every human in the United States. I can still remember sitting in my dad's den, living room, the TV over in the left, and they came on, and it was just screaming and screaming and screaming. You could barely hear it. I could see their black and white images now. My dad wasn't happy with any of it. And I think he, you know, he began to insult him or he washed out, walked out. To me, it was, it was like a souped up, it was like what I saw with Ricky Nelson, except a souped up version of it. And we were playing then. It was so, so exciting. So they set the stage. And so what they did was they came out next week again on the 16th, another giant. And they did, they were, they smashed everybody in the rating so badly that the tape show that Ed did, and there are pictures, there's one on the website where you can see which one that is. It's uh, has very kaleidoscope colors behind it, but you notice the guys don't have any instruments. And it wasn't like they had any Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. And in those days, you either had the instruments or it was taped. So you know this was the tape. So they were on three weeks in a row, and that basically just started the maelstrom in America. Meanwhile, right after that, the Rolling Stones came in, did all the, and, and just were super prolific. They were doing all these recording sessions, and they what they did was record one album for America and one album for the UK, and they sounded completely different. The American one, for example, had Satisfaction, which immediately when they put that out, rocketed right up the charts to either number one or number two. That was a song that we played, and they just, they were putting out albums. They did 12 by 5, several of them, and they had so much material that what they would do would be have enough material they put some over in the British album and some on the America and then the extras that they would have they would hand off into a third album and they not only they love touring in America but wherever they toured they caught they had all kind when they go overseas they did Sweden and New Zealand and there'd be riots and their manager Andrew Luke who used to have a show on the underground garage would just stoke that fire that they're the bad boys they're the bad boys so pretty soon Besides, you know, you you knew after a while. It took a while, though. Now it's easily defined that in those days, nobody really, I didn't, rate the Rolling Stones number two. I didn't, there was nobody number two. The Beatles were number one, and that's it. Then they had a bunch of other people with cool tunes, the British Invasion, girls, guys, not a lot of girls, but the guys. And so that's just how you listen. So at the end of all this, we've done about four or five tunes and what I'm going to do from now on is I'm going to at the very least play two in a row and be quiet and maybe talk a little bit about the song the musical part of the song or nothing because it's it's new to me to do it this way 
again, most all of you know the names and the titles of all the songs, but if I can pick out something that I liked or something that was different, I will, and then we'll get, uh, well, I'll do my usual, let Dave know a couple tunes away when we're going to the Deuces or Wilder. Of course, we're not going to deprive you of the Inquire store uh, or Inquire stories, and we'll roll this through because if you're going to like it, you're going to like it because of the music, and there's plenty of it on here. So the next song was a a song that our band played, and it was a heavily requested song. We played it a lot, a lot, a lot, and our band did a good job covering it up. So enjoy it. We'll come back for one more peek, and then we're going to start rolling nothing but music. A recent article, Time Magazine, put down pop music, and they referred to uh, Day Tripper as being about a prostitute, and Norwegian Wood about as being about a lesbian. Now, I just wanted to know what what your intent was when you wrote it, and what sh- what your feeling is about the Time Magazine criticism of the music that is being written today. Well, you're just trying to write songs about prostitutes and lesbians, that's all. You're listening to Harry's British Music Invasion Special, featuring the music of the Beatles and Rolling Stones on RadioWilder.com. Oh, 
that was one of those songs that it was heavily requested um, for us to play it, and it was one of those songs that we played it a lot longer than this that I never got tired of playing. I always enjoyed that song. I thought we did a good job covering it. Sonny did a good job singing it, and the band took it. We took a nice whack at it. So when I hear that, it brings back fond memories. All right, we're going to shift gears here, and so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to announce two titles, let you listen to the two, and from now on, we'll do two and maybe even four if we get a chance. Just titles only, listen to the music. So I'm going to give you the big warning, Dave, the big warning, Terry, that we're going to do Hey Jude, and then we're going to do a little Brown Sugar. story I do have about Brown Sugar is that the Beatles were recording it, as we mentioned, out in the Los Angeles at the RCA, and it was about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and they needed some backup. They needed something in singing that they weren't getting. So one of them knew Darlene Love, and so they called her at 1.30 or 2 in the morning and said, look, we there's this band over here. They weren't that well-known at the time, the Rolling Stones, and they'll pay you to do a little backup. They want to get something different on this song, Brown Sugar. She said, well, I'm in my curlers. I'm pregnant. They said, we don't care. We'll send, they'll send a limo over for you. So and they sent a limo over for her, and she did that song and a couple of other songs and ended up spending in 20 years or so doing plenty of backup and plenty of singing with the Beatles, I mean with the Rolling Stones. So Brown Sugar was her first little episode that she hopped in. So we'll do Hey Jude and we'll do Brown Sugar. And again, boys, Davey, once we hit the end of Brown Sugar, it's time for the double play and i guess since i did double double plays we i guess all right i'm going to change it up boys at the end of brown sugar i'll say what the double plays are at least the people covering it so we can have some kind of something going for it and and then you can hit the the double play all right thanks Thanks for listening to me going all over the place. It's very strange driving this car right now. Uh, Unlike it used to, but very happy to see all these songs. They're wonderful. And they were, in my mind, still the two greatest bands ever, period. Get your Radio Wilder t-shirt. Click on store on RadioWilder.com. Number one with over 60 years of music, life, and stories. Harry on RadioWilder.com. Hey, Jude. Don't make it bad Take a sad song And make it better Remember to let her into your heart Then you can start To make it better Hey Jude Don't be afraid Oh 
Okay, T and Dave, I can't just run wild all over the place. Sorry, I'm a little out of control, but kind of happy. So the two covers we have, we have Dear Prudence, covered by Susie and the Banshees, and then we have Route 66, which is not an original by the Stones, but did a great job. It's covered by Depeche Mode. So it's now time to go into the deuces are wilder. Enjoy them. They're going to be back to back. Let's get the songs on the air. It's time for Harry's Deuces Are Wilder on RadioWilder.com. Come out to play 
you could hear the excitement of the crowd and how great it was and it we went and saw Maroon 5 the other night and while you could hear some yelling and screaming what these bands used to get was hysteria was insanity really and uh, I remember that Paul Marlene's first husband my good pal we started to play together he took a job up I'm not sure I don't remember which hotel it was uh, in Vegas it was the Hilton, Las Vegas Hilton, where he could go up and take a job as a dishwasher just so he could hear the Beatles when they played there. And he said he was so pissed because he couldn't hear one song. <laughs> he couldn't hear anything, just yelling, yelling, yelling. So that was a, uh, a pretty standard. I don't know how many live things of the Beatles. I think there was something out there for, at Shea Stadium that they did, but to hear these bands live gives you an idea of exactly what kind of excitement that they created. It was hysteria. It was so different than what America, people are more used to that or got used to that in the 70s as the big hair bands and other bands came out, but that's not the way it used to be before then, whether it would be a four season. Now, Elvis had his own, he had his own rock and roll thing, but Buddy Holly, for example, and Jerry Lee, they didn't have crowds that went nuts like that. And, and when you get into there, what I noticed that I really liked in Dear Prudence was I liked Ringo's steady good meter on the drums. He was solid in Dear Prudence, which is kind of overlooked by the ver- verbiage, which is great. So of the two songs, that was those were some things that uh, interested me at the time. But we're going to move along, and we're going to play the next two. Uh, you know what? Let's, I can't stand it. So let's do four as we get down, as Casey Kasem would say. Let's get down to the top two or three each. So let's just go right ahead, and there'll be some things. Let's see. If we do four, we do four. Well, I have an opportunity then. I will. I'll have an opportunity then to go into the store. Let's do four. That sounds more regular and feels more regular to me.
What sort of things do you like to do? Um, sleep, drive my car, and that's it. Play records, watch TV. What sort of just ordinary things? It's RadioWilder.com, and you're listening to Harry's British Invasion Special with the Beatles and Rolling Stones.
she tells me all the time, you know she said so. I'm in love with her and I feel fine. I'm so glad that she's my little girl. She's so glad she's telling all the world that her baby buys the things you know. He buys the diamond rings, you know she said so.
for a Wilder News Flash. Brought to you by Harry's National Enquirer. Spelled with an I. Where inquiring minds and behinds want to know. Getting down to the top three each, as old Casey would say, or Dick Clark would say. But I'm back to some familiar territory right now. We're going to go right back in and we're going to start. We're going to talk about the big Enquirer. We're going to show that show something we do honor something with a little something from england here because it seems like every single week we have to have something from the brits this is quite a special though so i think you're going to really enjoy that we're going to lead it off though with it with matt lauer now matt apparently what the inquirer has said is the the headlines are something to the effect that the um, the probe checking matt lauer out apparently they've interviewed or talk to 68 people either former employees or current employees everybody from hr department to some of the commanders up at the top and the headlines are basically calling it nbc it means national broadcasting con job because they're whitewashing the lower probe they've they've said they've been unable to find anybody who said they was harassed or knew anything about it and so uh, that's that's what they're looking at, and Lauer apparently is going to file a hundred million dollar lawsuit that his ex-wife, because she does not want to go back with Matt, but maybe they'll make a deal on the money. They want to go a hundred mil to clear Matt's reputation up. I don't really think that's going to be happening for Matt. Then. Uh, they had a picture, they, had a, they, they talked about Pablo Escobar, and I remember he was brought down 1993, used to be the largest, biggest, most influential drug lord of all time. They killed him in 1993, and if you remember the picture, it had a picture of an agent kind of grinning over him, and he said, the reason I was grinning is because it was personal to me. He said, this man, what he did, he killed or had involvement in killing over 7,000 people, put a bomb on an airplane one time to kill one person, blew the airplane up. He said, he killed many of my friends, people that we knew. So we were happy to bring him down. And at one time, some of the loads that this guy would would bring in were just, uh, were incredible. I mean, he... And some of the fame that he got, these are some of the facts about him. At one time, he was, believe it or not, in the Forbes Most Richest Men for like seven years in a row. At one time, he, he handled about 80% of the American drug trade, and he averaged about 15 tons daily, daily coming in to the United States. So he said, we are happy to kill him for that particular reason, and... Uh, for no other reason other than that. Now here comes the Brit upset from Britain. Now we just got fresh off this marriage. We thought things were calm. They were honeymooning. But instead, we find out that apparently Charles has been forced to admit it. He's actually not Harry's father. I know that sounds strange. It, but if you look at him, he says, I don't look like well, this is what the Enquirer said. They don't look alike at all. They that doesn't remind them of anything. And there have been a lot of whitewashes in Buckingham Palace, but this is supposedly going to be the biggest one. This this uh, guard, Mark uh, Dyer, who looks a lot like him. He's a redheaded guy, fifty-two year old, dead ringer. He looks a lot like him, and apparently that's who they're claiming. And Charles confronted him, I mean, uh, Harry confronted him, and Charles said, why don't you ask your mother, being hateful, of course, and horrible. So I can only report him. 
That's all I can do. Maybe we'll find out that, in fact, what does that mean? Why do you care? Well, you care because he'll no longer have any kind of a thread to the throne, and maybe Megan will never be any kind of any kind of royalty at all. Of course, Buckingham Palace has said that's not possible, it's not true, and all the rest of it. So that's that's basically how that goes. He, That's a biggie, though. If they can prove that, that is a big one. Now, I couldn't find anything in the gift shop that had anything to do with music, and I figured with this show we got to have something musical. But then I stumbled on a a woody wagon, one of those old surfing wagons you used to have those nine foot, nine and a, nine and a half foot surfboards on the top, an old woody, and I found a Studebaker that they had it all super, they had it all jazzed up, a big red one looking good, not a big red one. It's a miniature toy like that 18 to 1 ratio. And it was about Elvis, and it was about his Aloha TV special in 1973, which over a billion and a half people saw. It honored it. It shows all the, the waves and all the beautiful thing uh, about it from Hawaii. It was, it was a... That was a giant, giant show, huge show. And I remember Elvis making a comeback doing that show. He looked great, sang great. It was January of 1973, 14th of 1973. And this Woody, a Studebaker, as I mentioned, it's got all kinds of beautiful colors. It's red. It seems like a reasonable price if you're an Elvis fan. It's got, of course, the usual disclaimer that there's only 95 casting days that you can pick this up. I guess they only make them. I think that's what that means. I believe that's what it means. It's $99.99. The easy pay payment plan that's always available for you is $33.33. You have your, um, of course, any way that you want to get it, it's always going to be available for you. And that's just how it how the Enquirer goes. It's a it's a, a a really nice looking prize. I think we've laid it out enough times to know this would be something that you would like to have. And uh, so there it is, $99.99. You can bring it home and it can be all yours. Can you believe it? I forgot the keys to the castle. One eight seven seven two one two one nine four two to get you in the gift shop to get Elvis's beautiful car. Happy Fourth of July. All right. So we're out of there now and as we move forward we're gonna be in the in the top three each. The Beatles, Can't Buy Me Love was their third greatest seller of all time. I wanna hold your hand, which is my favorite when I was young, hanging around with them. Uh, that is their number two. And number one was the one that we talked about earlier, She Loves You. The Rolling Stones did Start Me Up. That was their number one, uh, number three. And then I Can't Get No Satisfaction, the song that we played and loved. We played that probably more than any other song because I played it in every band. We played that. And then the, uh, the third one that they have, their number one seller is Honky Tonk Woman. So we're going to go out, end the show, let you listen to the two greatest bands in this show's humble opinion of all time, let you hear, which we've never done on the show, and it's long overdue to do six in a row to finish it out. Three, two, one with the two great bands. 
very much hope you're having a great 4th of July, or will have a great 4th of July if you're listening to this show on Friday night, the 29th. It'll run all through. Have a wonderful time. Enjoy yourself. Have a blast. Have fun. And I would like some feedback. And if it doesn't get a lot of feedback or we don't... Now, the downloads, you don't automatically know because it is a holiday. Sometimes they're a little higher than normal and sometimes they're not. Like some feedback on because um, I am thinking of some other ones to do, but I'm happy to do our regular programs, the regular stuff that we have, as we always do. And they're always the the crowd is the audience is always growing there. So I'm very happy to do whatever. And I I stumbled around this one because it was just so unusual that I knew every name and knew every song, and I felt like I was trying to talk down to people. Like, oh, this is the, this is called Dear Prudence. Everybody knows these songs, even the youngy youngies. Most of them do, but. Uh, I brought the music, which is what I always, if I do a show and I feel mm, wasn't really the greatest show, it was a little, un, you know, maybe not uh, to what I would consider my amateur uh, best, even as an amateur, then I'll, I'll sometimes be, I'll, I'll go back and I'll say, well, it doesn't really matter because it, you're always bringing the music. That's my safety. So the show we're going to have on the 6th of July we're going to do, I don't know how many of you are familiar with, Death by Ungabunga, a 2018 cut. Matt, Matt the Hopple is going to come on the board. Uh, and we're going to have our friends, the Caper Clowns, are going to come back on board doing pockets. That's not something they've done before. We got a couple of requests, at least one. Have a good, uh, a good cover. Guns N' Roses is doing the cover. So we're, we're, it's going to be an enjoyable show. But I want to go back to this particular show because, again, when you're talking about these people, they're the two greatest. And whether anyone, any way you want to look at it, whether it's numbers of songs or influence, at the very least, they started a revolution. The British invasion started a revolution. And those of us that grew up, or certainly if you want to talk about rock being affected, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way, and the Mighty Stones are still playing and playing great, and they're just, you can't beat them. So they got some longevity besides their greatness. So thanks again. Uh, Dave, Dave did a lot of work on this show. Terry did work on the show. Everybody tried to bring it in for you, but the best work is listen to the band. So for the first time ever, listen to six and enjoy the fourth and be careful with the fireworks. Thanks again. And Bobby Love. Tell me that you want the kind of 
you think you've lost your love? Well, I saw her yesterday. It's you she's thinking of, and she told me what to say. She said she loved you, and you know that can't be bad. Yes, she loved you, and you know you should be glad. She said you hurt her so.
music special on RadioWilder.com with Harry featuring the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Be sure to join us next week when Harry dips into the archives for more great music, stories, Wilder news, and more. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.